17 million homes that have availability for this show tonight. We will pay $20, hopefully, for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company, for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Yeah. the show. Just crazy, awesome wrestling and sexy ladies in this opening package. Oh, yeah. Everything ECW should be. Oh, Beulah. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to Beulah later. Absolutely. I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Not the proudest fap you've ever had, but... <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling podcast. My name is Rich, and I'm joined by Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, good yeah, sir? Yeah, not too bad. Not Excellent. too bad. Shall we jump straight into it? Well, it's time to go to the extreme. extreme. So today we are starting our three pod series of the first ever ECW pay-per-views from 1997. Today we are doing the first ever ECW pay-per-view of ECW's Barely Legal from 1997. Which should have been Barely Legal 1996. Really? What happened? Well, this is uh, this was originally scheduled for late 1996. Okay. Um, but it was, uh, it was cancelled by Request TV following the mass transit incident. Oh, I know the incident. I didn't realise they'd lost their pay-per-view opportunity because of it. I remember there was a TV incident, like uh, as in they'd lost some TV or something, but it was the pay-per-view they lost. Yeah, they lost TV because... Wow. Um, Raven crucified the Sandman. Oh yeah, that too. And that's the one where Kurt Angle's there, so that's when they got a lot of flat. But no, the mass transit incident, uh, for those who aren't aware, um, at a TV, uh, sorry, no, a house show, it's supposed to be Devon Dudley and Axel Rotten against the gangsters of New Jack and Mustafa. Axel Rotten no-showed. So there was a 17-year-old kid in the, cow, in the crowd called uh, Rich Coolis, who wrestled as, on that day, mass transit. Mm-hmm. He falsified his documentation. He was actually 17. He told Paul Heyman he was 23 and had been trained by Killer Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. It did not go well. This is one of the most infamous ECW moments ever. So, basically, during the match, New Jack uh, bladed for this mass transit guy, as they called him. And he's like this huge, fat, 17-year-old kid. Makes us look like size zeros. That's how <laughs> big this guy was. That's a fair enough comment, yeah. Um... And Especially as I've been working out this week. <laughs> yeah, look at those guns. <laughs> but basically... My broken <laughs> spine because I did too much. Yeah. Don't talk to me about broken spines. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Um, but basically when New Jack bladed him, because the kid backstage was saying he'd never bladed before, so could New, Ju could New yeah. Jack do it Would for him? Would you mind slicing me open, Mr. New <laughs> yeah. Jack? Like, what fucking... Yeah. So New Jack managed to uh, slice two arteries. Yeah. The kid bled so much, he passed out. The footage is disgusting. Like, I wouldn't even recommend going to look it up on YouTube or something. No. But I suspect most people who haven't seen this would have by now. Yeah, because they were, as I said, it was a house show, but there was camcorder footage to show you again, 1996. Yeah. Um, but basically, it had led to people tipping off the pay-per-view companies and Request TV, and they cancelled the pay-per-view in 1996. Yeah. So Paul Heyman got fans and everyone to petition the pay-per-view companies. 
and in early 1997, they agreed to bring the pay-per-view back, but at a 9 o'clock airtime, not 7 o'clock, not 7 o'clock done by WCW or WWF at the time, no, 9 o'clock the pay-per-view would start. On a Saturday night as well, yeah. which is unusual for pro wrestling. So, uh, but luckily they got greenlit, and then we ended up being at the ECW Arena on the 13th of April 1997, 1,170 people in attendance for ECW Barely Legal. Yep, so we're in Philadelphia. Um, at this point, I want to bring up the Beyond the Mat stuff. So I'm assuming you've seen Beyond yeah. the Mat. So if you, for the listeners that haven't, it's a documentary made around this time period. Uh, probably the first documentary to really expose the uh, the the business, I guess, the best way to put it. It definitely gave you the look behind the curtain you hadn't seen before. Yeah, so I guess at this point, they, they are backstage at this pay-per-view. And Paul Heyman gives the infamous Welcome to the Dance promo. Um, I'm assuming you've seen the yeah. footage. It, it's, it's just fantastic. astonishing. He's so good at summing up what this means to him and what this means to you, even though you don't realize it at this point, and motivating his guys to go out there and kill themselves for him. Watching this, I was a bit like, yeah, I want to go out and do this as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the promo before? No, I, I just okay. remember it from um, from Beyond the Mat. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, other tips of the cap in that show to draws puking in Vince's office in a bin and Absolutely. Spike Dudley. <laughs> oh, I've got to teach tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, as he's bleeding out of his forehead, <laughs> yeah, kind of mopping yeah. it up. It's a great bit of footage. So um, I, I think we should uh, not necessarily go on too much about unprotected headshots and such and just embrace the ECW at this point. I'm looking at this at 1997 where people didn't know better. Exactly, yeah. Well, obviously, everyone knew getting twatted in the head of a chair was not a good thing. <laughs> but the long-term damage... Um, that wrestlers, pro footballers, etc., all having through sort of concussion protocols. We'll ignore that for the purposes of this pod. Yeah, and the next two as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. But just generally, we don't want people to hit each other in the head with weapons and chairs and things that actually hurt. So we start the pay-per-view with a cold open on Joey Styles in the blue ECW ring with the black robes. Oh, it's instantly the nostalgia comes flooding back to me. And just, again, seeing Joey Styles in his element. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. EC Dub! EC Dub! EC Dub! The crowd is mental. The ultras are here. All the usuals you're used to seeing. Hat guy. <laughs> Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. The other guys there as well. Like, all the ultras are here tonight. This is just awesome. The crowd are so fucking hyped immediately. Yeah. As we said um, earlier, 1,170 people sounds like five, 6,000 people in yeah. that tiny little dirt hole arena. There's so many cliches we can throw out here. Like, they're rabid fans. They're the hardcores. They're the ultras. But they these are. are the greatest wrestling fans ever. Yeah, they support the products. I mean, considering it closed in, what, 2001? Yeah. So 17 years later, and everyone's still like, but ECW, come on. Absolutely. <laughs> you never hear people chanting WCW in, EC in WWF shows, do you? Only Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy in the crowd has a Bischoff takes it up the ass side and immediately <laughs> I'm like, yeah, EC Dub, EC Dub. So Joey tries to run down the card, but here come the Dudley boys, or the Ooh. Dudleys, I should say at this point. The ECW tag champs are Bubba and Devon. We've got Sign Guy Dudley and Joel Gertner as well. Immediately, the crowd start going, fuck you, Devon. Like, why are they picking on Devon? Do you know why? Racist. <laughs> <laughs> the one black guy is in the ring already. Yeah. Uh, they've got the tie-dye. Joel has a suit on, but no shirt. He hasn't got the neck collar yet, I noticed. Not yet, no. I'd say we're developing these stories later on. 
Sign Guy has an almost tie-dye kind of suit on, which is just absolutely gorgeous. From the wardrobe of Tex Williams. Yeah. <laughs> and his sign that says, you still suck. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Awesome. Um, so the opening package kicks in after the Dudleys kind of talk a little bit and Devon does his shtick. Devon's not the greatest promo guy in the world. No. But I don't think it mattered at this stage. Exactly. I was surprised that Bubba wasn't immediately on the microphone. I wonder whether he had um, not developed that side of his character yet. I think so, because while he was involved quite a lot backstage, mm. I get the impression that Devon was originally the leader of that tag team. It felt like you're watching this. I, that's not how I remembered it, weirdly. I, only, I mean, to be fair, my first exposure to the Dudleys was in WWE. Okay. And that's where, again, it started off with I Devon. think mine must have been as well. I think I've gone back and watched ECW. Because Devon was a promo guy because Bubba had the Dudley stutter to start with. So I think that's the continuation. But then, obviously, Bubba on the mic's fantastic. Oh, he's outstanding. The riots he essentially caused later for ECW were absolutely brilliant. So we've got our opening package, the classic ECW music. It's just oh, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. Like, oh this is so nostalgic um by the way did you watch the network version of this i watched the network version i started watching the network version and when i heard this kind of uncopyrighted music i was like fuck this <laughs> and i went searching they also uh bleeped chris candido when he said fuck later on in the night yeah they did a bit of bleeping on the and network. i was like fuck this i went and found the original broadcast oh, really? and i watched it all <laughs> so we can compare notes and such I'm really interested to see whether there's big chunks missing that I'm like reading that you don't even have. I mean, that definitely won't be down to my poor note taking. <laughs> it's fine. It's Was fine. that on the network? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. So uh, this is just awesome. No special effects, no filters, no fucking about. Just crazy, awesome wrestling and sexy ladies in this opening package. Oh, yeah. Everything ECW should be. Oh, Beulah. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to Beulah later. Absolutely. I certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> Not the proudest fap you've ever had, but... <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> With Dreamer sat next to on commentary. <laughs> Ooh, so back to the ring, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel Gurner, has the microphone. He introduces and puts over the Dudley boys and quotes them as being 608 pounds. <laughs> like, so each of them are 304 pounds. I'll go with average. that. Like, uh, nah, come on. This is a running theme. That, uh, Taz is announced as 248 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, he's 185 wet. Which, like, come on. Which considering late in commentary, they said Shane Douglas was 245. I was uh, like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're consistent in that Shane is bigger than Taz. And so they obviously must have yeah, some Yeah, but I said Taz was 248. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, absolute wrestling weights. Like, I love this time period. It's just fucking hilarious. So Joey Styles on commentary tonight. Love it. As a one-man commentator, it's it's everything. It's play-by-play. It's storytelling. It's unnecessary enthusiasm at times, but it fits with the product. Yeah. I can't imagine. And, you know, I get the impression that we're doing a run of ECW pay-per-view, so you now can legitimately say, Don't elimination! <laughs> oh, oh, can I? <laughs> you wait for them. <laughs> but, this is going to be an earphone warning, by the way. I'm going to scream total elimination when we get to it. But without his voice in that product, it's... It wouldn't be ECW. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think Joey transferred to WWE well enough? Yes, I think he did exactly what he needed to do for that remit for that product. It would never be ECW Joey Styles, but I really like Joey Styles. And the fact they pulled him from Mania was one of the biggest travesties that I've personally thought has happened in WrestleMania's in the last 15 years. 100% dude. One of my favorite commentators of all time. Doesn't need a color guy at all. He is just fucking brilliant. Don't worry, Joey. You can just call the new breed versus fucking ECW originals because <laughs> JR was going to have a piss. Uh, 
So the Eliminators come out and they're in hot pink and white trunks. Oh, Jesus, this is mm, sexy. Nice. <laughs> Saturn and Cronus. I do not remember them being this fucking good. I always remember Saturn being this good. Cronus, I think this is probably not the highlight of his career, this match. Holy shit, this match is just, it's so unusual. So let's quickly run through it. So we've got the Dudleys of Devon and Barbara against the Eliminators of Saturn and Cronus. The Eliminators no-sell shots from the sign guy and then give him Saturn Elimination! <laughs> Immediately. Headphone warning. <laughs> Dudleys in and they take over for a little bit. Spots, 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 and more spots. Get tag spots. Strong heel face dynamic. Everyone detests the Dudleys and loves the Eliminators. I think Paul Heyman, because in the build-up to this and on their ECW Hardcore TV, Paul Heyman had basically been saying in any interview that um, the Eliminators were the greatest tag team in the world. I can't doubt it. At this time, tell me another better tag team. Well, this is the thing. I'm not going to deny, deny it from this show, yeah. but Cronus is crap. I can't believe how good he is in this match. Though. Absolutely. I never remember Cronus being anywhere close to this good. I wonder whether it was due to injuries or drug abuse or whatever, because there was a lot of that floating around in ECW. I think the problem, obviously, at this stage is that you know, he's built up, these are the greatest tag team. Mm. Cronus then became crap again shortly after this and sat and buggered off to WCW. <laughs> well, there is that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Cronus does a space, space flying tiger drop. What oh, the fuck? Man. So it's like a double handspring backflip over the ropes to the outside if you don't know what that is. This dude's like easy 190, 230-odd. He's a big lad. 300 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> ECW weights yeah. he is. Eliminators are insanely hardcore rockers, is the way I kind of think of them. Yeah. Um, everything they did, no wasted motion in the ring at all for what they did. Absolutely. It's always like double team spots. They're not just doing it for the sake of doing it almost. There's purpose to... Um, well, I say purpose. There's... Um, it's thought out. They've planned it out. It's not just you do a move, I'll do a move, you do a move, I'll do Everything's kind of coordinated between the two of them. And it's what I love about tag team wrestling. Again, this match was very, very spotty, but the fact the spots were team spot, team yeah. spot. Everything was a signature move or something you've seen them do before. And that's the thing in tag team wrestling I like. It's a cohesive unit. Yeah. Um, so many tag combos, mental high spots. Jo I love for the way Joey Styles calls everything the Saturn Salt or the Bubba Slam or the Cronus Bomb rather than like, you know, a Moon Salt, a Power Slam or a Power Bomb. It just like includes their names oh, yeah. into all their moves, like these really classic Joey Styles bits. Really, really clever stuff. Holy fuck, Cronus just did a 450. <laughs> I know. What? I don't, Where did this come from? I mean, if I'm honest, I don't think this was Cronus. <laughs> There's another wrestler. <laughs> his body doubles come in it's just some uh, what's the one looking for doppelganger thank you yeah. very much yeah <laughs> um there's a, kind of a weird match dynamic in this match that the faces are absolutely dominating the heels and the the but dudley's get no offense in yeah at all but it worked again for the crowd because it said they're so hated people yeah. aren't going to want to see the dudley's oh dodgy tag oh behind the ref's back they're gonna want to be like no only the dudley's get the tar kicked out of them absolutely this is such a hot opener uh headphone warning <gasps> Saturn Elimination! To Bubba. I, I don't know why I just moved away from the microphone because <laughs> I've still got my fucking headset in. I don't know why I did that. For the one, two, three, and our winners and new ECW Tag Team Champions, Saturn and Cronus, the Eliminators. Six minutes, 30 seconds. Everything I wanted in Tag Team Wrestling. And a, again, a really hot opener for a pay-per-view. If this is the first thing you see of ECW, you've bought the pay-per-view and you see these guys go, you're going, I want to see what else they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, so Joel Gertner gets in the ring at the end of the match. I immediately spot Bill Apter at ringside with his camera, and I'm like, yeah, Bill Apter! <laughs> Shout <laughs> out to Bill! He has a couple of really cool moments on this show. Kind of, I don't know if you've noticed them, but I've definitely written them down. So, And after Joel eats total elimination... D- what? Uh, sorry. You do it. <laughs> total elimination! <laughs> um, this is where Joel's neck injury occurs. Uh, is this where it happens? Yeah. Oh, okay. So next week he comes out with the neck brace, and then from then on, he's still got it today, I think, in his gimmick. Well, it's a very deadly finisher. Absolutely, yeah. I Lifelong injuries. Mate, the way um, he, uh, Joel takes it. I just concertinas him, doesn't he? <laughs> he literally winces as it's about to happen, <laughs> and I don't blame him whatsoever. I'm pretty sure Heyman backstage went, don't hold back on him. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if you go, if you if you don't do it proper stiff, he's going to be really upset, and it's going to look shit. You're going to have to properly properly wallop him. Absolutely. And they did. They, they killed him. <laughs> they Absolutely killed him. murdered him. We jump backstage with Joey Styles in front of the classic white on black ECW logo, putting over the triple threat, and the winner gets a shot of the ECW champion Raven this evening. Very very nice. Again, setting the scene. If you're not aware of the backstory, you've got to have. The beer-swilling beast against the leader of the Blue World Order against Terry Funk coming out of retirement probably for the 83rd time in 1997. Hardcore legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> retirement legend. So I I watched this bit on the network and I watched this bit on the original broadcast I found and they're slightly different. Okay. So I jump into a Sandman promo, which you don't have. I do not get the Sandman promo. He's smoking a cigarette. Might be why it's not on the WWE Network. Drinking beer and Lust for Life is playing in the background by Iggy Pop. Sandman calls himself the beer drinkingest, cigarette smokingest, kick-ass son of a bitch in the ECW. It's like, oh, that's so awesome. Politically incorrect and damn proud of it. I own that t-shirt. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear it nowadays because it's so, you know, I'm a dad. <laughs> so, but I have the ECW uh, politically incorrect and proud of it in oh one of my drawers God. somewhere. So at the end of this promo, um, Sandman canes himself in the head a few times and busts himself open in his promo. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Jesus Christ, Hack, what are you doing? Yeah, learn to work, kid. Yeah, fucking hell. So you know he comes out later and he's yeah. already busted up. This is why? Right, okay. Because he does it in the promo? Because the first time I get to see Sandman is when he comes out doing his entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so at least this puts up that in context for you. So Jerry Styles up on the commentary booth, which is on like a balcony if you've never seen ECW. It's what, 20 foot in the air? I'd say 20 foot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he's up above everything so we can see what's going on. And ah, uh, the, the the ghetto look to this commentary booth is beautiful. It's like a it. monitor with a table with cables like wrapped on top of the monitor. Just it's such a shit hole. I fucking love ECW. Uh, so he introduces Chris Candido. Promos by Candido in the ring about how he was, was there from the beginning and that he's not booked this evening. He's injured in a sling. Uh, he sounds a bit like Terry Funk to me. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, really surreal. He's got like a southern twang to him, obviously coming from that Memphis kind of promotion. Um, Poor Chris Smoky Candido. Smoky Mountain as well. Oh, I loved Chris Candido. Me too, man. He uh, had a terrible time with a lot of stuff in his life. And then to die the way he died. Because this was the blood, blood clot, clot after the, the operation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely brutal, man. Always remember him from that top right powerbomb. Yeah terrified me as a child <laughs> watching people do that i was like holy shit he's gonna literally murder him yeah you fucked that up like that's done poor. yeah shows how good and how trusted he was by all the boys to be able to let them do that to him i think he was a very good worker as well yeah absolutely i love chris candida yeah um out comes lance storm rat tail lance <laughs> storm, <laughs> lance storm. <laughs> blonde rat tail lance storm <laughs> it is gorgeous 
So we've got our first match of the evening. It's going to be Lance Storm against Rob Van Damme. not the first Damn. match, though. First singles match of the evening. Oh, sorry. Yeah. First singles match of the evening. Sorry, I should have said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rob Van Damme doesn't do the thumbs thing when he says Rob Van Damme. He does it afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you I, did, I didn't pick that up. Yeah. He didn't, when he inter- gets introduced, he's just kind of like showing off and being all flamboyant. And then he turns to the crowd and just kind of does this a few times with his thumbs. Yeah, so uh, it's really strange. It immediately gets you sold out chance for RVD from the crowd. Uh, Do you want to explain why? This is because he has been wrestling as part of the promotion on Monday Night Raw. Mr. Monday Night, Rob Van Damme. Oh, yeah. Um, this is where they were doing a little bit of a talent, I wouldn't say even a talent exchange. Vince McMahon wanted to help out ECW is how the story goes. So he invited yeah. some of the what then later referred to as extremists extremists um, to Monday Night Raw. And this will be the infamous where uh, the old Monday Night Raw set had the big letters, the Mm R-A-W. Sabu was on top of the R. And then as he went to jump off, the R just fell out from underneath him. So he just toppled down onto Team Taz. (laughs) You mean Sabu botched? Like that's unusual, isn't it? He's such a pro, (laughs) such a consummate professional. (laughs) But this RVD character here of always wanting to be Mr. Monday Night and then sort of, I'm free to. I love working Monday nights. He's the best. Like, yeah. I love cocky RVD at this stage. Like, he just doesn't seem to give a shit. Like, there's a <laughs> legitimacy to his like no fucks given. I don't think he ever did. Yeah, maybe. So Joey Styles calls a what's a blatantly called a tope con hilo a leaping somersault plancher. I love these terminologies that he uses. Uh, it's basically just called I don't know the word, so I'm going to throw it in there. <laughs> he does a lot of this. <laughs> Notice where I get a lot of my inspiration. <laughs> Mate, it's the best way to be like you may as well just say something hilarious rather than just be like ah oh, he doesn't move and oh, there we go oh the randall arm drag <laughs> <laughs> so rvd throws lance storm into the guardrail and has to physically move bill aptor out of the way because bill oh, won't bill. get the fuck out of the way <laughs> gotta love aptor man he's the best rvd looks quite disinterested during this match do you feel that well i, I wonder if this is part of the gimmick mm. because it's like well i wasn't even booked so i'm just gonna look like a wanker i found an interview where rob van damme talks about this and how fucked off he was that he wasn't booked in a featured match on the show and that he's actually filling in for someone that was injured in this match but i think it's all kayfabe yeah i think this was for a purpose i think paul Heyman is good enough to realize that your marquee matches on this card were your title match and your sabu versus taz yep rvd being on the card is useful, but he wasn't necessarily needed. It's all for what happened later is RVD's main role on this. Exactly. And it kind of sets up that so it comes to fruition later. Yeah. So we get a five-star frog, bl- frog splash, but it's not called that yet because <laughs> he kicks out as yeah. well. <laughs> so a two-and-a-half-star frog splash. <laughs> Cornflakes. A triple-A cornflake splash. <laughs> so Storm is so impressive in this match to me. He's incredibly agile. He's always been impressive in the ring. It's such a shame, from my perspective, Lance Storm, his really dry, n- n- dull character never really kicked Can I off. Can be serious for a moment? <laughs> yeah. But even when he was in ECW, he was fantastic in the ring. Yeah. But his promos, I am going to get you. Trash. Absolutely oh, terrible. I'm really happy. I should have just given him a decent mouthpiece. Buna. Well, <laughs> careful now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a back and forth ath- athletic match. Uh, really, really impressive from both guys. Um, the story seems to be that RVD is a cocky but adored adored heel by the crowd, even though he's kind of fucking them over by leaving for WWE, yeah. uh, WF, I guess. Uh, Storm is the plucky, talented kind of up and comer, um, but is obviously kind of over with the crowd as well, even though 
They they don't think he's hardcore enough, it feels like. Low blow by RVD directly in front of the ref, but this is ECW, so there's no disqualifications. RVD falls short on a springboard elbow and immediately gets a you fucked up crowd, you fucked up chant from the crowd. They are brutal. The slightest little mistake in their instance is like, you fucked up, you fucked up. Although they never do it during a Sabu match. No, I was going to get to that later. <laughs> but there's definitely, they're forgiving to the guys they love. Yeah. But anyone else, they're so brutal. Yeah. What do you think about this? Because it's, it's not like that anymore. No, I think it's more to the point in that nowadays if people make a mistake, people then encourage that person more. Yeah. It's more of a case of people are aware of the craft. Whereas the ECW fans are very much like, you're supposed to be on pay-per-view and you're crap. Yeah. So pro wrestlers essentially have to create action movies with one take in front of a live audience with very, very little planning. Do they get enough credit for this? No, it's physical theatre. It's like learning lines. And again, for the chaps who have to do, the the guys and the girls who have to do promos, as well as a match or a post-match promo to remember all your bullet points, Remember all your storytelling in the ring. Granted, you know some matches are five minutes, but some matches are half an hour. Hmm. You've got to take your audience on a journey, and I agree. I don't think a lot of fans, especially in the ECW, they loved good wrestling, but I don't think they ever appreciated that if someone made a mistake to just say let the story continue because they would drill down on them straight away. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I just the whole thing becomes. When you start to really delve into how difficult this is to do and how good some of the very top guys are, you think about the levels of like a Ricochet, an Osprey, or a Parker, a Dragon, or someone that have these incredibly complex, convoluted matches and they never fuck up. <laughs> They're yeah. just perfect. It just it blows my mind. Just kind of, I've been thinking a lot about this the past week, just how astonishing it is that people can do their stuff. Masters of their craft. Absolutely. So we get another weak-ass chair shot by Storm and another. The crowd are really getting on him for these. Massive Van Daminator into the chair, gets big cheers, even though the chair completely misses Arsenal's <laughs> head and flies off into the crowd. Standing moonsault by Rob Van Dam for the one, two, three. And your winner, Rob Van Dam. Bit of a weak finish, really. Yeah, not what we're used to of an RVD finish. Yeah, solid match, but you want a bit more at the end, I think. Yeah, but I think, as as we've touched on, this was really just to set the scene for later. Absolutely. So post-match, Storm wants the handshake. RVD cuts a promo. He doesn't want no one's respect. He doesn't give a shit. Complains about being second-line wrestler that had to step in for someone who was injured. He's off to somewhere else, as he puts it. Uh, the fans, as he exits, sing, nah, nah, no, actually, that's the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> goodbye. Vince McMahon's favorite chant. Absolutely. But little do these fans know that they're singing it to the most loyal guy ECW has ever fucking had. <laughs> so Jerry Styles backstage. Yeah, cheers, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> oh, him as well, yeah, I guess. So Jerry Styles backstage in front of the ECW logo again. Terry Funk vignette this time. Uh, Raven and Funk have had heat a uh, solid storyline and the brawl in the locker room is what I want to go over have you actually watched this brawl? no oh my god it is the most incredible backstage segment I've ever fucking seen basically what happens is Terry Funk walks in the locker room while Raven's sitting there all depressed Terry Funk goes and sits in the corner of the locker room and is just like you're a wuss you're a piece of shit like you can't fight me come on fight me boy and Raven's like, I'm not going to fight you, Funk. I'm not going to fight you. You have to get through three, two other people to get to me in the main event of Barely Legal. And then Funk just starts winding him up slowly and surely. And Raven starts getting angrier and angrier. And seeing these two work together, 
holy shit, they're good. And eventually Raven snaps and just starts booting, funk in the head. <laughs> and Fook gets up and starts brawling. And it's, oh, it's such a good segment, man. Highly recommended. Uh, I think it just highlights how good these two are at storytelling. Yeah, I mean, Funk himself, um, obviously at the tail end of his career, his in-ring work wasn't as good as it has been in the early stages, as you would expect. Yeah. But they can be, no one can take anything away from his ability to tell stories and pull emotional heartstrings. Absolutely, man. He's the very best. And then add Raven into the mix, who is one of the best storytellers that the business has ever seen. Especially at this time period. Yeah. He has just got it. Well, he's just been given, do what you want. Yeah. And then it's his brainchild and it's getting to work. And you see how good Raven can be from Johnny Polo. <laughs> There's a big difference. Johnny Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, and Scotty the Body. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Jerry Stars, who introduces the Mishinoku Pro match that's upcoming. He puts it over his Japanese style and lucha combined. And holy fuck, this is killer. I really enjoyed this. Bloody love Terry Boy. <laughs> so international six man tag. A great Sasuke, who they call Suzuki, even though that's not how you pronounce his name. Grand Hamada and what was meant to be Grand Naniwa, but is replaced by Masato Yokosushi. Yokosushi. Something like that. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Yakasuji. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, because of an injury to Naniwa. Uh, and against. Uh, shout out. <laughs> shout out to the Green Power Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call him Masato because I can pronounce that. Yeah, okay. so yeah, he bl- proper has a Green Power Ranger suit on. Yeah. Uh, against, uh, he might know as the Mishinoku Pro guys or Kayentai or one of their other million gimmicks they've had over the years of Terry Boy, who's Men's Tail, Dick Togo, and Taka Mishinoku. Taka! One of my favorite guys of all time. What, Terry Boy? Uh, no, Taka. <laughs> I actually love Dick Togo as well. I'm a big Dick Togo fan. Wait, I love, I love what, a bit of Dick. Wh- <laughs> Why are you still <laughs> discrediting Terry Boy? <laughs> He's all right, but like, you know. <laughs> Jerry Styles thanks Meltzer for helping him with the research for this match. Nice to drop a Meltzer reference at the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird in that the Kantai boys come out in their BWO cutoff shirts, like the half shirt things. Yeah. Do you know where this came from? They're the Japanese wing of the BWO. Like they have the Japanese They're wing of the NWO. Not. They're really fucking not. <laughs> I think this is literally Heyman knows the BWO are over. So he puts these boys in BWO shirts and they come out. But it's part of the parody. Because even though we know that NWO was really a New Japan idea that was stolen oh, by Bischoff. And then they had NWO Japan. Yeah. So again, it was part of the ripoff. That's why they were BWO Japan. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, I had, it hadn't clicked for me. And then you started saying <laughs> it. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what it is. The NWO Japan. I mean, they were over. So it would have helped shift a lot of merch as well with the BWO. Absolutely, man. Styles puts over that Sasuke wrestled Liger for the AG All Japan Pro Wrestling Junior Belts last night, the Triple Crown, at the Tokyo Dome. So <laughs> fucking Sasuke has come from Japan in the Tokyo Dome in front of like what potentially is 60,000 people to the ECW Arena the next night for this show. No, note-taking for this match was very difficult because while we've said like the Dudley's match was a bit of a spot fest, yeah. this was really well-structured for a mm-hmm. six-man yeah. with all the high spots, but actually a story told from start to finish. Yeah, completely, man. Really, really good. Really strong heel-face dynamic, even though the, the heels are kind of over as BWO guys. Yeah. A bit weird, but it works. Uh, loads of stuff we're used to seeing nowadays, but the precision and invention for the match is just incredible, especially for this time period. Like, you're used to seeing a lot of these moves nowadays, but seeing these guys do it in 97 
It's kind of mind-blowing. It was ahead, again, well ahead of its time. Holy shit, the Brain Buster by Takamishinoku. God. He drops this dude straight down onto his neck and head. I was very uncomfortable watching that. Immediately, Joey Styles calls this the Mishinoku driver, and I think he's made a mistake, but apparently not. Apparently, this is the original Mishinoku driver. Oh, really? Yeah, the one that we're used to seeing is the Mishinoku 2. Oh, okay. Yeah, really threw me. I did a bit of research, and yeah. It should have been called the Mishinoku 3, because no one should kick it out from the Mishinoku driver. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking A, man. So the crowd go mental for the triple team spots. They're absolutely embracing this match. Uh, Spike pile driver by the BWO lads. Shield powerbomb by the BWO lads or triple team powerbomb, whatever you want to call it. Is that um, what Joey Styles screamed out? The, uh, the, the miracle ecstasy bomb? <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's a fucking great name. Um, they go for another pa- uh, shield style powerbomb on Sasuke, but they botched a massive you fucked oh, up chance. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of a weird moment. Uh, Sasuke does an acai moonsault but into the fucking crowd <laughs> he lands on the third row of the crowd oh, it's scary if you're in the crowd at ECW you know you're going to be part of the show somehow yeah. that's probably why their chance don't take over at least Sasuke isn't giant you know what I mean yeah. he's not going to kill you if he falls on you everyone does crazy flying shit everyone does big power moves everyone does big hudakun runners hudakun runner <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really going to start calling it a Hudakan runner now. You should. You should <laughs> yeah. do that on the commentary. Well, I'll add that to Brett's rope. <laughs> Brett's rope for the Hudakan runners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody kicks out the Mishinoku driver. Well, <laughs> well, technically the pinfall's broken up. He doesn't kick yeah. out of it. Yeah, well, nobody kicks out of the Mishinoku driver number two. <laughs> Mate, no one delivers this like Taka delivers it. Beautiful. Start to finish. <sighs> Lifting him up, dropping him down, hooking the leg, everything. It's just a science to me how he does it. Yeah, one of the most over moves ever with me. And with you as well, because we talk about it all the I time. Love I know. This move. Yeah, okay. Love this move. <laughs> we get a, be- a beautiful kind of brutal razor's edge style power bomb and a dragon suplex by Sasuke on Taka for the one, two, three. And your winners are Great Sasuke, Great Grand Hamada, and Masato Yakuzuji. Go go Power Rangers! <laughs> God damn, the music at the end of this is awesome, which I'm assuming you didn't get. No. It was like brilliant kind of J-pop, like... It's just the fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Typical kind of Japanese wrestling moment at the end of the match where they start throwing forearms and stuff at each other post-match. And just incredible. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. So um, for me, we cut backstage to a big Stevie Cool promo. Yep. Stevie Black Richards. and white. Yeah. NWO style. Yeah, really cool. He's looking down at kind of a 45-degree angle to the camera hair over his face, black and white, NWO-style promo. He says he wasn't a man. He was ashamed. He had no respect. He had no dignity. Abused by a man he idolized, Raven. Yeah, he doesn't actually mention Raven's name here, but we know the story and such. Tonight is his opportunity. Um, He looks up and flicks his hair back as the camera transitions into color, and we get to see Blue Meanie walks in behind him and says something or other that I kind of forget about. (laughs) Basically, raise a Ramon impression. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really cool promo. Didn't till come... Blue Meanie turned up. Yeah, didn't didn't. I think they're trying to be really serious. I struggled to take Stevie seriously. I've never been able to take him seriously as a wrestler. Hmm. So we get a Joey Styles backstage again, putting over the three way dance for a title shot of Raven and the next match, which is the ECW World Television Championship match between the franchise Shane Douglas and Pitbull Number Two. Now. <laughs> i'd say we've been on such a high up until this point but you've got to say the storytelling is good the story is very good but then the storytelling between papa shango and ultimate warrior is very good (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Good reference. So the franchise is out first with Francine, looking pretty damn fine, to be fair. Little see, <laughs> I mean, it's going to sound really perfect. Go on. Lovely little see-through number. Oh, yeah. Man. She's literally, like, basically wearing a thong with a see-through sarong kind of surrounding her. I mean, it's typical ECW, isn't it? I mean, that's my personal bedtime attire. <laughs> <laughs> so the story is that Douglas has broken the neck of Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf. Douglas has his own security guard who is called the Riot Squad, apparently. And I'm like, oh, Ruby Riot. Is she one of these? Liv Morgan looks pretty ropey in this. <laughs> <laughs> They've kind of got like big black trench coats on and um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like darked out biker helmets and yeah. nightsticks and such. Yeah, it's, it's basically a case of one bloke was wearing a proper security hat and Paul Heyman clearly didn't have enough money to buy the rest. Although the purpose of the crash helmets became very much apparent exactly. as this continued. Yeah, yeah. So we get a franchise promo to start with. He, he leads them by, uh, he led the ECW to the promised land, the pay-per-view. He's the guy responsible. Made a nice reference to being in comic book land. Oh, yeah, Rid- absolutely. Ridiculing WWE. Yeah, I love that little terminology. It's good. It's, you can tell the, um, the thinking of the guys and the fans, everything, how they feel about WCW and WWF at this time. Um, I'm not sure they're 100% on the ball, but... No, they've they've got got a point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He doesn't give a shit if you like him. (laughs) All aboard the friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf, is in the front row with Hat Guy, and Douglas is ripping on him and his broken freaking neck. And Joey Styles clarified clarified in commentary that Pitbull number one wasn't allowed to be at ringside with Pitbull number two, so he bought himself a front row ticket. Cool storytelling. Now... No, not really. Paul Heyman's a businessman. Why? He could have filled that bloody seat. <laughs> That's like twenty dollars there. <laughs> I hope he got that money off Pitbull number one. I say you better paid for yeah. it. Yeah. Um so let's talk about the Halo incident. So basically Gary Wolf on a show previous to this jumps in the ring with a big neck brace and what's called a halo where his neck's supported. Like scaffold for your neck and skull. Exactly. And Shane Douglas grabs him by it and kind of swings him back and forth. And I don't think it's a legitimate injury. I don't know. No, but that's a big piece of kit to have on and access to. Yeah. I mean, brilliant storytelling if you have managed to like Sandman's blind storyline this. Absolutely, yeah. This is, you can see the dedication to the storytelling. And I think Paulie gives people this attention when he knows they can't get themselves over. <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? It's a bit brutal, but I think it is. So I get Rob Zombie playing right now. I don't know what you got. Some sort of generic bullshit, I imagine. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. And Pitbull number two enters, uh, who I don't know their name. Pitbull number two. There we go. Pitbull number two. So someone forgets to turn the music off because this continues (laughs) for about 10 minutes into the match. I swear it goes forever. Uh, Pitbull goes after Shane Douglas's neck to try and get revenge for his buddy. And wow, this match is incredibly slow at this point. This is dire. We're a minute or two in and I'm bored as shit because no one's selling. No one's really working. Douglas isn't too bad, but Pitbull is fucking terrible. Yeah. Pitbull two is the worst restaurant on this card. Yeah. We get an atomic drop botch. Uh, Pitbull just low blows him and repeats the spot again. Fans don't seem to care or notice. No, you fucked up, Chant. They're just going to sleep at this point. Halfway through this match, I decided to go and get myself some bits of cheese and some cucumber. Oh, well played. <laughs> I was like, fancy something a bit different. But it's <laughs> definitely going to be better than this match. <laughs> Douglas starts to go after Pitbull's neck in retaliation for this. Three pile drivers later, the match is still going and it's not over. What the fuck, man? I hate no selling. 
Yeah. So we got our first She's Got Herpes chant directed at Francine. Francine is working her ass off trying to keep people interested in this yeah. match. You can see how good she is at her job. She's the best person in this match. She, fucking, uh, Shane Douglas isn't Shane, bad. Shane Douglas is a great wrestler, but you need an equally good dancing partner. He's a good wrestler. You, He's not he, a great wrestler. He can't put a match out of his ass against Pitbull number two. He can do as best he can, but it's never going to be yeah. better than a half cornflake for me. He's a good promo guy. He can talk. He can. Yeah. He swears a lot as well. <laughs> which I love no. <laughs> <laughs> really so my most memorable moment of Shane Douglas outside of throwing the belt down was actually a match with Raven in TNA one of Raven's clockwork orange house of mutilation weapon match of Raven's Doom. rules yeah <laughs> um, where Raven beat him up so badly Shane Douglas sat in the middle of the ring throwing up because he kicked really? him so hard yeah holy shit I've never seen this yeah and then Raven was like look went to move towards him step back <laughs> <laughs> So Pitbull takes forever to do the sack of shit to Douglas to the outside through a table. Just had to get a sack of shit reference in there. Uh, the match is weird and kind of botchy. Gary Wolf jumps the barrier. Thank God something's happening finally and attacks franchise. Um, at least Gary Wolf can kind of sell what's happening. He looks genuinely angry and is really beating the shit out of franchise. Because he got pulled out to watch this fucking awful match. <laughs> <laughs> the Riot Squad escort Gary Wolf to the back to get rid of him. Uh, the Pitbull chucks a guardrail into the ring. We want blood. We want blood. Little brutal fans. Um, Douglas goes to do an atomic drop onto the guardrail, but the guardrail gets kicked over, so Douglas just kind of drops him on near it, kind of by it, and it, like, you almost spiked him on the feet of this fucking thing. Uh, it's just, oh, you just feel sorry for them at this point almost. You can see they're going for interesting spots, but it's just they're fucking up everything. As you said, I was lost after two minutes of this. Yeah, they repeat I mean, the spot on the outside. Just move on, mate. Just don't stop repeating spots. The second time this has happened. We forgot to mention there's something on the line Is in there? this match. I don't even know. So if Pitbull 2 won, he'd obviously win the, the TV title. Right. If Shane Douglas wins, the masked man who has been stalking him, which we forgot to cover at the start of this, has to unmask. Oh, interesting. Now, the masked <laughs> man has been... The world's worst kept secret that the masked man is Rick Rude. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 whenever they did the masked man in WCW, we were like, oh, it's Rick Rude. Yeah. Why have they done it again? It's so obvious that it's him. Maybe they're mocking WCW at this point. Possibly, but that's that's you know what we're fighting for. TV title versus some bloke who's not got anything to do with this angle, this injury, <laughs> taking his mask off, even though we know it's Rick Rude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, somebody please finish this match. Some boring chance break out as Pitbull no-sell some punches from the franchise. She's a whore. She's a whore. Directed at Francine. Great. Joey Styles, again, is doing all he can to make this interesting. He's talking a million miles an hour, just trying to keep the crowd and the people watching interested. Um, he's talking about the storyline with Francine, formerly managing the Pitbulls, and then leaving them to join Douglas for the money. He calls her a money grabber and all this sort of stuff. Like You can see they're trying. Yeah, trying. Yeah, exactly. Franchise lines, uh, sorry, Francine lines up a bunch of weapons for Douglas to break over Pitbull's head. He does so, but Pitbull keeps kicking out. I'm like, how is this match still going? Please finish it. Candido out to interfere. Francine too. Roll up. Please say this is it. Pitbull kicks out. <laughs> Fran uh, Fran I keep saying franchise or Francine. <laughs> get them confused. <laughs> franchise hits a belly to belly out of nowhere for the one, two, three. What the fuck? Okay. And still your ECW TV champion, the franchise Shane Douglas. 
20 minutes and 38 flipping seconds. Fucking hell. Give that opening tag match another five, you know? like It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they kind of go long at the end of this show and they have to cut really quickly. Yeah. This is why. This is why. (laughs) 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 After the match, a very familiar voice goes, it's howdy doody time. You're like, what? Okay. And that he'll take off the mask if Douglas gives up the girl. The masked man is wearing. Masked man comes out from the backstage wearing a Rick Rude robe. <laughs> like giving it away much, <laughs> and he even does the sexy Rick Rude pose in the ring and makes out with Francine. Douglas attacks him and goes to unmask him, but one of the Riot Squad guys jumps in the ring, whips off the helmet, and it's Rick Rude. Well, how did they pull that one off? <laughs> so funny when the masked man in inverted air quotes comes out. It's blatantly not even close to Rick Rude. Yeah, when you see the guy hasn't got abs. Yeah. Cheers, Brian Lee. He's like a good foot or so taller, yeah. it looks like to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just an illusion. Because when they're in the ring together, they look about the same height. Like, it's astonishing. But Brian Lee's a big boy anyway. But it's astonishing how big Rick yeah. Rude is next to him. I didn't realize. Then you get a kind of an idea for how giant the WWE and WWF and WCW are at this time. They really are the land, land of, the of giants. giants yeah. yeah. So the masked man is unveiled to be Brian Lee, who's betrayed the triple threat to join Rick Rude which doesn't last long because he's off to WWF soon. (laughs) (laughs) They wreck Douglas and the crowd goes absolutely nuts for it. Brian Lee has left the triple threat. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Cool little storytelling. Yep. Gave some purpose to this match at least rather than just a horrible botchy bullshit. It was the only good thing about this match that was like, oh, crush. (laughs) <laughs> is that who it is Brian Lee was crushed wasn't he because it's Brian oh no the Brian Adams is crushed sorry I, said, I think Brian Lee is chains yes yeah the disciples just... of apocalypse no that, that is right so right. many Brian Ad- Brian Lee Brian Adams Brian Clark <laughs> I'm trying to ma- think of a Brian Adams song now I can't think of one I know the fucking stunner of 69 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> was the stunner of 69. <laughs> All right. So I get ECW Hardcore Hotline advert here. Do you get this? I did not know. Okay. So 1-900-990-4ECW. If you want to get all the news from Jerry Stars, get the stuff the insiders don't get directly off Jerry Stars. Off Meltzer. Yeah, blatantly. <laughs> so this is $1.99 per minute, by the way. So uh, I know- With that inflation, that's about $10 an hour now. It's pretty fucking pricey, yeah. You think about it, these guys going to mock WCW and WWE for their hotlines and stuff, but they're fucking doing it as well. Business! <laughs> Absolutely. So next up, we've got our third promo for the uh, main event of the... Fourth promo for the main event of the evening. No, third, because we haven't had the Terry Funk one yet. With Raven cut backstage, sitting in the staircase, head down, hair over his face, very much like the Stevie Richards promo earlier in the night. Puts himself over, shits on everyone else, quote the Raven... Nevermore. He gets really angry. I've never heard him say this quote, "The Raven Nevermore," like he says it in this promo. Right, he's had people talking smack about him mm. most of the evening. Nice to see them building up yeah. heat into this main event. Like they really get it, you know. So we get a Taz promo next with Bill Alfonso sitting right next to him. I love the way they framed them. They're right next to each other, close up on their faces. Really intense promo. You got this promo, right? I did. Yes. Okay. Cool. I panicked for a second. Didn't think you had it. So it's, uh, again, they're doing the 45 degree angle to the camera. He's not looking at like down the barrel of the camera. He's looking kind of just to the side of it. Yeah. So the winning gets to the serious bit. He then turns towards the camera. You're like, this is poorly directing people. And again, for the time of the promo, because you have had your little logo in the background on bad green screen looking directly at the camera. Yeah. Or you'd be with Mean Gene just turning to left to right, looking at the, pre- the presenter, looking at the camera. Something like this. 
change the game. Yeah, this is where we give ECW big credit for changing pro wrestling and developing and uh, bringing in the Attitude Era and forcing everyone to push their product forward. Um, I think Paulie and a lot of the other guys surrounding Paulie deserve an insane amount of credit for all this. Yeah, because this was in... Uh, all of this was edited in, obviously not the live shows, but all the ECW TV stuff and all the promos were edited in either his basement or one of the producers' basements. That's the classic line, yeah. isn't it? It's the whole thing from Beyond the Mat where they're like, well, mum does the ironing in the background. There's Joey Styles cutting yeah. promos in front of the ECW logo. Really, really great stuff. So Taz tells Sabu that he's going to go through hell this evening. Highlight uh, Taz choking everyone out. Video package kind of over the promo. Yeah. Again, really, really clever stuff. He choked out Jericho. He, he choked out Bam Bam. He choked out X, Y, and Z. Really well done. Fucking great quality promo stuff here. Really good video production as well. Uh, for the time, at least. Um, the little quote I had here, I kind of went like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Um, I hope you're prepared, brother. Because Lord knows I am. And you know I am. And I know you fear me. You're like, Wait, who knows what now? I know you know this, though, and fear. <laughs> also, brilliant work going, brother. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing, Sabu. If I was you, I wouldn't be. Yeah, nicely done. Nice little touch, yeah. yeah. Pretty, a little cheesy, but great. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it. This next match is announced by the ring commentator as one of our main events. How many main events have we got? There's still like two more matches at least to go. <laughs> prelude to future WrestleManias. <laughs> ECW presents the grudge match of the century. Uh, Taz versus Sabu. Do you know the story coming into this? No. I mean, I know that wasn't Taz's first match in ECW as a Tasmaniac against Sabu. He was in as fodder as his first ever ECW match, and then he was booked ever since then. I don't know, to be totally honest. Um, I know they've had similar sort of gimmicks, in that Sabu came in with the uh, Hannibal Lecter stuff, all masked up and with the big, like, on the gurney. And then Taz came in and was then the Tasmaniac. Yeah. And then suddenly one week just turned up as Taz on commentary because he was injured. And ended up getting this serious MMA, legitimate fighting sort of character going. Um, and so I guess it's basically the two most dangerous guys in the business, in ECW at this point, finally having this one-on-one -on -one match. I think that's the story we're yeah. going with. Because this, again, was supposed to be headlining six months earlier, apparently. Oh, because obviously the pay-per-view previously. Yeah. Right, okay. So, it's Taz! <laughs> with Bill Alfonso and Team Taz following him. Like a boxer walking to the ring, he has his team of guys surrounding him. All about the presentation, isn't it? Yeah, really cool. I thought you might like this colour scheme as well. Always. Orange and black. <laughs> <laughs> All in. All right, Mr. Wicked, how you doing? <laughs> The camera cuts back from a close-up on Taz in the corner, and Sabu is already in the ring. No entrance, no music, nothing. He's literally run out from the back, jumped in the ring. The madman's there. Douglas just took an extra 10 minutes on his match. We need to get on with it. <laughs> Do you think that's what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like it, doesn't it? So the human suplex machine. This is Taz! And they introduce Sabu as just Sabu. No genocidal, homicidal, suicidal at all. I don't think we've got it yet. The heterosexual, homosexual, pansexual <laughs> Sabu. <laughs> Jack Sexsmith for the win. Uh, Sabu is heavily taped up. His left arm and shoulder have got white tape all over them. I'm assuming because of a legitimate injury. Yeah. Uh, the stare down, slow clap from the crowd. This has got a lot of build and tension to it compared to a lot of the other matches we've seen so far. And this is huge, especially if this was supposed to be six months ago and they managed to continue the burn till this pay-per-view for these guys to actually get in the ring and fight each other. Yeah. Brilliant work. What does this say to Paul Heyman's booking? It weren't bad back then, was it? He's managed to keep this going for another six months that he didn't realize he was going to have, saving it for the pay-per-view because he knows he's eventually going to get it. Yeah. Brilliant. Really, really Brilliant. cool. 
Taz slaps Sabu and we're off. Taz goes to the Taz mission immediately or the Kadahajime? Yep. I never know how to pronounce this. <laughs> I tried to phonetically spell it. It just basically looks like I just hit my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> but Sabu immediately blocks it. I'm just going to call it Taz Mission from now on. I'm I agree. Yeah. Okay, cool. Styles puts over that Sabu is the first person to ever block this submission hold, which is really, really clever straight off the Huge bat. Huge big deal. Absolutely, man. Uh, more so for the fans at home watching rather than people in the audience, I think. Yeah. Because it's, kind of, it's a bit kind of uh, quick and I don't think they realize what's happened. And also they'd know. The, the the inside fans, as you said, they're going to have all their regulars. It's go, they're always going to be in Philly. It's going to be the same majority crowd going to these okay. shows. They're going to know no one's broken out of the... Taz mission. Taz outgrapples Sabu and busts him open with some really stiff forearms kind of wrapping around his head. Sabu kicks Taz in the knee and does Sabu things. I've just put... Sabu... Watches, does double jump, triple jump, suplexes and stuff. I mean, um, somersaults. I, like, I like the first thing you said of all Sabu's movies. He does botches. Well, it's <laughs> Sabu, of course he does. Oh, God. We get a walk and brawl in the crowd. Um, Sabu's story is blatantly that Sabu is a madman and does crazy spots against Taz's technique and brutality and submission skills. Perfect styles clash, isn't it? Yeah, really, really cool, man. Bill Alfonso. Uh, when they're brawling on the outside, he's in the ring, bouncing up and down the ropes with the whistle in his mouth. Uh, he jumps up on the apron every time like something's happened. He's doing the Sabu taunt where he's pointing in the sky. I fucking love Bill Alfonso. He knows his character, doesn't he? I hated him as a young man. Well, he's doing his job, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. Just that whistle. Just like, oh, shut the fuck up, man. So we get a triple jump, uh, springboard, nothing. Misses by Sabu. <laughs> Because it just kind of ends. <laughs> Taz, Taz, Taz does an over-the-head, belly-to-belly to Sabu, directly into the audience over the guardrail. They just don't give a shit, do they? I wish I was Taz in ring. I really yeah. wish I was Taz. Because his whole move set, all the suplexes, they're the best moves. Okay. <laughs> Get to it in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's an amazing moment when this happens that Bill Alfonso catch gets caught on camera going, He's still alive, baby. He's Sabu. He's Sabu. As in, like, you can't just stop there. You've done a belly over the head suplex into the crowd. That's not enough to kill yeah. Sabu. Like, uh, Bill Alfonso, fucking hell, man. Working like a champ in this match. Both guys back in the ring, table set up between the guardrail and the apron. Uh, Taz on the table. Sabu bails on a triple jump off the chair. Triple jump thing again. Uh, both guys to the ring apron now. Sabu goes for a swinging DDT. Taz sandbags him and Sabu just falls <laughs> straight through the table. Piece of shit. I bet this is not what was meant to happen. Definitely not. Taz is like, I'm not fucking taking that. Yeah. Fuck you. Wallop. Absolutely, <laughs> mate. Top rope springboard runner gets one for Sabu because Taz doesn't give a shit. Uh, Sabu follows up with a leg drop across the vast majority of the ring. Really impressive. He literally jumps like two thirds of the ring to yeah. give this leg drop. Huge distance. Fucking madness. Uh, the most horrible landing I've ever seen on a head and arm captured Tazplex is an exploder. He just drops Sabu on his fucking head. No care, does he, at this stage? No way. Is I, this... I, Go on. I think something's happened earlier in this match because, you know, they've been mildly professional with each other throughout. But there's a, something that changes halfway through this match where Taz just goes into don't give a fuck mode. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, you got to think that Taz busts open Sabu really early in the match. And then Sabu starts to be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> and I think this is Taz coming back, giving him like a, yeah. a receipt of a receipt almost. It's not very professional. 
No. I mean, Thanks for great wrestling. <laughs> I mean, this, this, this match was outstanding. Yeah, I, yeah. I, loved, I loved everything, even working up to the finish as well. Beautiful. Fucking A, man. Big suplex by Sabu, and he mocks Taz's taunt by crossing his arms. Taz just stands up behind him. It's like, <laughs> fuck you. It does the taunt himself. Um, Sabu locks in the Taz mission on Taz, but Taz reverses and proceeds to dump Sabu on his head and neck over and over and over again. Taz mission locked in by Taz has to be it. One arm drop, two arm drops, three arm drops. Ring the bell. Your winner and massive neck injuring, head dropping piece of <laughs> shit is Taz. Incredible. For for the build up that this match had, um, and again the additional six months which they must have dragged out the additional storyline. Yeah. I was really impressed at how what they did in their twenty minutes that they had for this. It was just under twenty minutes. I think it was about seventeen and a half minutes they had for this match. And it told just a brutal story. I wouldn't expect to see a really complex, really intricate wrestling match. No, these guys had a fight with yeah. a wrestling ring as their platform to do it in. Absolutely, man. It's like they go through a war almost. It's yeah. really... This is the match, I think, that highlights the style of ECW that most people kind of recognize. Yeah, this is, this is ECW. This and RVD against Jerry Lynn. Yeah, absolutely. We take away the weapon stuff, like yeah. the hardcore bullshit. This is where I loved ECW. Yeah, they had things to put people through tables and that was it, but no baseball bats, no brass knucks, no chains, just very hard style wrestling. Yeah, maybe Paul Heyman would hate me saying this, but this is like brutal southern redneck style wrestling almost. Yeah. It's really hardcore, really stiff. They're dropping each other. The style's a bit different and Sabu's a madman and does all these crazy flying shit. But um, yeah, the, the general... The, the what what you get from it feels similar yeah the old school kind of like southern redneck wrestling you know this was i mean we we slightly joked about this earlier this was uh, one of our main events this was main event caliber oh absolutely um the medics are out to check on sabu but he won't have their assistance gets up taz grabs the mic listen to me what happened was i choked you out <laughs> like yeah no shit <laughs> i ordered the pay-per-view i bought the barely legal t-shirt i bought the barely legal merchandise <laughs> You gave me the fight of my life. A fan shouts bullshit from ringside. Taz tells him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> they have some respect for it and it gets a massive pop for it. Good man. Uh, I, I like this. Like if someone shouts something from the audience and like it's shot it's, down, everyone sees it. Fucking address them. Rip the shit out of them. Yeah. Tell them to go fuck themselves. You know what I mean? I'm bored. It's a lifestyle choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Good man. I remember <laughs> that. That was awesome. Uh, Taz offers Sabu a rematch and shake to shake his hand. Sabu shakes Taz's hand, then stops Taz from leaving. So Sabu and Taz are hugging, and RVD pops out, smashes him in the back of the head. Taz goes to choke out RVD, but Sabu sucker punches Taz. RVD and Sabu then beat down Taz, and we go to the outside. Sabu does a Sabu and botches the triple jump and has to do it again. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Sabu slaps on the Taz mission uh, to fucked up Taz on the floor. RVD gloats in the ring. This is just killer. This is the beginnings of Sabu and RVD as a tag team in ECW. And it all kind of uh, comes from the thing earlier in the night where RVD's like, I'm a second round player. I'm not the main event. I bloody should be. Uh, really cool little storytelling moment. Yeah, I also enjoyed uh, Fonzie's little uh, promo. It was like, I had all my money on this tonight, Taz. I had all this money, and I bet on a winner. Lifts up top, reveals Sabu t-shirt. I bet on Sabu. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been paid by Paul Heyman at this stage, so he had no money. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, kayfabe. <laughs> RVD grabs the mic and does this classic promo. Fonzie knows RVD's schedule and he loves to work Mondays. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking great. RVD, the anti Garfield. <laughs> Garfield? Garfield doesn't like Mondays. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking Really up. scraping the barrel for these tenuous links, aren't I? Tonight? <laughs> Joey Styles sells this like a fucking boss on commentary. He can't get his words out. He's going, you b- b- piece of shit. And you're like, oh, Joey Styles swore on commentary. He's a good Catholic boy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that was also going to be beeped. No, but, I mean, that wasn't beeped to my commentary. I had that. And I was like, oh, Joey. Probably shouldn't watch this with Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> so we got our first slow-mo replays of the night as well. You feel like you only get one. Yeah, you only get one button press of that slow mo button. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like they've had it on tap, but Paulie's just been rushing through the card because they're short for time right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite cool though to see these moments in slow mo and see they've got some kind of extra video production going. So we cut backstage to the classic ECW logo, and Joey Styles isn't there. He's up at the commentary booth again and introduces his color commentator for the evening, Tommy Dreamer. Hooray for Tommy Dreamer on commentary. <laughs> he's a little depressing, isn't he? He is. I mean, it's nice that he's there, and I, the purpose, as we'll, we'll get to, of him being on commentary, also useful, but it just wasn't needed. I know I know the whole idea, though, playing like Tommy Dreamer's there to have a, a front row seat to watch his idol, his mentor, Terry Funk, but in that case, be like Pitbull 1, buy a flipping ticket, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Fair point. But God bless him, Tommy comes out with Beulah McGillicuddy and Who's a now white face? power suit. Who's now face? Was she a heel before? Yeah. Who was she a heel with or such? Do you know? She was a heel with um, Douglas. Oh, was she? In the night, wasn't she? Because she was managing Shane Douglas. And now she's back out with Dreamer as a goodie. Think about it. Shaggin. Think about it. Kimora. Kimona. <laughs> They're different people. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's Francine. They're all the same to me. This is Beulah. <laughs> <laughs> all the same to me. <laughs> it's all good. I'll take them both. I'm hardcore. <laughs> yes. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> so Beulah looks, oh, incredible. Jesus Christ. She it's amazing what she looked fine. like earlier in the evening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Immediately, she gets kind of like, she looks really classy. She's the classier of the two between her and Francine for sure. But get show your tits chance from the ECW cloud. You stay classy, Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, and, well, you know, as a classic heel, didn't show them. Yeah, fucking A. Where's the cat when you need her? (laughs) (laughs) Announcer in the ring. The winner of this match will take on Raven later this evening for the ECW World Heavyweight title. It's called a championship, mate. Learn the fucking terminology. And also, later this evening, after this match, because we're running out of time. (laughs) True, true, true. So we get Big Stevie Cool, Stevie Richards versus the Sandman versus Terry Funk in a three-way dance. BWO are out first, so the absolute best music ever. I wonder if you got this. Is that da 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 Well, that was um that was ECW music. So when WWE bought it, they got the rights. Oh, fucking brilliant! Yeah. Awesome, good stuff. So let's run down the BWA. <laughs> We've got Stevie as Nash, Meanie as Hall, uh, Nova as Hogan. Yeah, Nova's impression of Hogan is fucking <laughs> it's awesome. So good. Jesus Christ, with the gloves and the full suit and yeah. the, the belt and everything, like oh, so good. Um, they basically gave it to Nova because he probably had more money than the other ones to actually work <laughs> the gimmick. Can you buy merch? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Who's the guy with the camera? 
Who X Pog? Is that who it's meant to be? I think so. Yeah. I thought maybe Bischoff because the whole Bischoff filming their promos and stuff. Possibly. Wasn't sure. Oh, I suppose with the leather jacket because I saw because I saw obviously the big hair when they've done parodies of X Pog in the NWO. They've done that. Maybe it's supposed to be Bischoff. I was thinking '97. Was Bischoff part of the NWO yet? Yes, because he was relatively early doors. It was around then, and because uh, the it was them and Piper, wasn't it? When he was feuding with Piper, then Bischoff was like, "Oh, now I'm the boss of the company, and I bankrolled by the NWO." Well, that way around. Mm, I don't remember it. I'm going to mm. be honest. I need to watch some old WCW. Not that we've watched them enough already. <laughs> You're fucking <laughs> the chamber of horrors. <laughs> There's also a guy with a feather boa who's blatantly meant to be Rodman. As well, like, yeah, because they, they they cut to a Rodman-esque reference in the uh, Joey Styles and commentary. Doesn't oh, they? does he? Yeah, I don't remember. Do you know what he says? Something about Rodman. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joey Styles on commentary is like, they're taking over. The insiders are here. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this is fucking great. I always like the uh, thing on commentary as well, the, the BWO stuff when they did the one night stand and Joey Styles was like, the BWO is more over than the NWO and they could never sue us because it was a parody. <laughs> <laughs> fucking great, man. <laughs> yes, Joey. Every time I see the BWO, that's immediately what comes into my head as well. Yep. Such a good line, a memorable line as well. Again, highlighting how good Joey Styles is at his yeah. fucking job. So now I get into Sandman by Metallica playing. You don't. Nope. Ah, oh, the worst thing ever. Generic rock track three. Holy shit. Hearing the ECW crowd sing along with Enter Sandman. is like Hack comes out of oh, Sandman. I should want to stop calling him Hack. Um, they're not as hyped for it as I imagine they would have been. But I guess they're almost used to this happening by yeah. now. Um, there's no balconies for him to come out on like at the Hammerstein or anything like that. It's just he literally walks out of the entranceway. His entrance at One Night Stand when they actually paid for the rights oh my to have Enter Sandman. So that good. The best, one of the best wrestling entrances I've seen. Fucking A, dude. Absolutely. Sandman is smoking a cigarette, cane in one hand, beer in the other. Oh, this is awesome. It's so un-PG. I fucking love every moment of it. You'll be surprised for the network version as you probably started watching. It's TVMA. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Already got dried blood on his forehead from the promo earlier in the night. Pops open the beer, legitimately drinks the whole fucking thing. Unlike Austin, he spat most of it out. Uh, repeatedly smashes the beer can over his head and busts himself wide open before the match has even started. Fucking awesome. At that stage, I'd be like, I've got to be in this ring for 20 minutes. I'm probably going to need a wee. If I drank all that amount of fluid. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I imagine he's sweating quite heavily, to be fair. Yeah. He's not the fittest of gentlemen. He didn't work much, though, did he? Nah, definitely not. <laughs> so Green Lantern twat uh, robs Sandman's belly on the outside. Yeah. Uh, Hack looks down at him in disgust. He's like, fuck off, you dickhead. You know who I mean? Yep. Yeah, okay, good. Sandman's white and black leopard print trousers. Pretty sure they're my lounge pants. <laughs> I want a pair really badly. Noted. <laughs> Sandman goes to the crowd, downs another beer, smashes it over forehead again. So he's literally down two cans of beer by this point before the match has even started. Some would say this is the way for the Sandman to hide the fact he can't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sandman stares out at the BWO in the ring for ages because he's pissed out of his fucking face by this point. At this stage, he's like, is there three or is that just Stevie? <laughs> <laughs> and then whips out another can but doesn't drink it yet. An incredibly beautiful song begins to play oh. over the PA. I don't know if you had the same music as I me. Had, yeah, I had the music. Like yeah. Okay, good. 
and out comes the hardcore legend Terry Funk. Towel in hand. He is hyped as fuck at this point. He is ready for this match. He's had a lot of pre-workout. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if that dude. was around in 1997. <laughs> Funnily enough, when I was watching the clips from Beyond the Mat from this, he's backstage doing push-ups and spraying water in his hair as he's about to walk out. Little spray bottle that he seems to take everywhere with him and yeah, all the stuff you see backstage of Funk. Absolutely. During the ring introductions, Funk shakes Stevie's hand, which I was just like, hmm, interesting. Funk is announced as being from the Double Cross Ranch, Amarillo, Texas, and it gets a huge pop for the Funker. I love this terminology. It's really, really cool. Uh, Sandman offers Funk the beer, but Funk won't take it, obviously insulting Sandman immediately. <laughs> uh, Sandman drinks the beer anyway and spits it out at Stevie Cool's face. And I expect Stevie to jump Sandman and kick off the match, but he just kind of stands there and takes it. Raging alcoholic. I, I feel that Stevie's very secondary in this match. Yeah, I don't think at this stage Heyman realised how over the BWO was. I wonder, because why is he in the main event in that case? I think he realises how over they are and how much merch they can potentially sell off him as well. And that's why he's in this slot, not guys like RVD, Sabu, Taz, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. No, they've got other guys. They could have just done a triple threat straight away. I think so. Raven, Sandman. But I suppose you need to tie up the loose end of the Stevie Richards, Raven story as well yeah or dreamer maybe but you know dreamer dreamer at this stage never beaten raven yeah and if you killed that on your first pay-per-view okay i understand yeah yeah i can see why stevie's there i just don't think it worked very well on that subject again when we said on like main events and booking that dreamer raven thing yeah the fact he didn't actually end up beating him until raven quit yeah again long-term booking remembering what you've done just makes things so much better for storytelling. Hearing Dreamer talk about how pissed off he was that he had to beat Raven for the belt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really, really cool. Yeah. I never wanted to win a belt. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. It works for his character. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. You get into wrestling because you want to try and be the best that you can. You can always start off by going, I just want to entertain people. Really? Are you telling me all the wrestlers who wanted to be wrestlers as little kids were like, I never want to be a champion. I just, <laughs> I just want to be the good guy who the fans respect. Yeah, look where that got Chris Benoit. Oh. <laughs> Which is linked because he was once in ECW before Duh. he killed his family. Fuck <laughs> it out. And himself. Don't forget that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and himself. <laughs> it's a double homicide suicide. <laughs> well, allegedly. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Get that on a t shirt. Just YouTube it. It's really interesting. It's bullshit. He blatantly did it. But it's, it's very interesting, some of the stuff that comes out around this. I'd love to see, like. Um, like a JFK star movie for the Benoit incident well, one day? there is. There's always been one in the, the works called Untastefully Crossface. Oh, Jesus. That's a bad name for it. Yeah. Just call it the double homicide suicide of the Chris Benoit story. If I'm honest, it'll be uh, more likely to... Homicidal, homicidal, suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> this came to me. I couldn't resist. That's definitely not getting cut. <laughs> no, don't cut that. <laughs> Fuck it. You give us a shit. It's ECW, man. We're hardcore. <laughs> I'm going to do a progress style announcement at the beginning of the part. <laughs> Triple headlock to start, and here we go. Dreamer's commentary is fucking terrible. He's depressing as shit. Sandman assists Stevie to do a leg drop on Funk. They go to do it again, but this time Sandman just backdrops Stevie. Yeah. Great yeah. spot. Really cool. Dickhead move. Love yeah, it. Really funny. Sandman to the back and grabs a ladder, lobs it in the ring, straight at Terry Funk's head. Ow. That was a fucking hurt. But like the, the Funker in True Style was like, Hurt and hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, first, EC dub, EC dub chant of the match. 53 year old Terry Funk does a moonsault off a fucking ladder. Holy shit. 
Yeah, don't hold back, Terry. Fucking hell, gets a big, oh my God, from Joey as well. Really cool. Again, use that sparingly yeah. as well throughout the night. For our second EC dub, EC dub chant of the match. Funk does a spinning ladder spot with his wrapped around his head. The classic Terry Funk moment. Just really, really cool. I had to mention it. I love as well now how every ladder match you see that spot as yeah. like a, a hat tip to him as well. Really nice. Fucking A, man. There's a weak ass looking seesaw kind of thing across the ropes by Stevie, but both guys still sell it. I was a bit like, oh, not, not sure he's just sold that. Some madness happens and the cameras miss for a third ECW chant of the match. Funk with a chair now. Sandman goes to the back again, comes back with what looks like a big metal cylinder thing. Allegedly, this is a rubbish bin wrapped in steel. You're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Didn't want anyone to nick it. <laughs> it's like protecting his, uh, what you, uh, Joey calls it a trash can wrapped in steel. Yeah. Yeah. A reinforced. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Titanium garbage can. So weird. Stevie gets double teamed, but continues to kick out. Sandman attempts a seesaw thing again, but the ladder goes flying off the ropes into the fucking first row of the audience. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, poor some, dick, some dickhead blatantly got smacked in the face with this ladder. He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Oh, very much so. For our fourth ECW channel, double team powerbomb on Stevie, and he's out of there. For the one, two, three, Stevie Richards is eliminated. Met by a big sh- bullshit chance. Yeah. In the crowd. About, I'd say like a good 30, 40% of the crowd are yeah. chanting bullshit. Maybe more. But I mean, who would they think would be out? I mean, let's be honest. You've got the fifty-three-year-old fairy tale story for your first pay-per-view. Yeah, you're not going to have Funk go out first. It's probably not going to go Sandman Raven. I wondered whether some people thought that it was the first pay-per-view for the up-and-coming ECW, the kind of the rebel, the outsider. Maybe they would fuck it, fuck everyone's. Maybe they would ruin everyone's expectations and put over the new guy, the yeah, young boy. Possibly. But, um, uh, I mean, Terry boy? <laughs> yeah, Terry boy. <laughs> Men stay off. <laughs> so Sandman and Funk shake hands and Sandman immediately punches Funk in the face. Yes. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely love it. No code of honor here. <laughs> <laughs> Sandman grabs barbed wire from under the ring, but it's attached to a whole ton of streamers. Where did these streamers come from? They were streamers um, for the Mishinoku Pro match. No, I thought they were streamers for Funk. Were they oh, for Funk? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember them ever having streamers out in this match, ever. I'm sure there were streamers at some point during the show. Maybe it was for Mishinoku Pro Match. I assumed it was for the Japanese boys, but I don't ever remember seeing the streamers again. I, mean, I wonder whether it was cut from my version of mm. this. But um, I don't know, whatever happened. I'm sure I saw streamers, because there's a man who uses streamers in my entrance. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start using those on commentary somehow. <laughs> Holy shit. I basically need to get announced just to do commentary <laughs> so, so I can use up the 400 flipping streamers I've got in the boot of my car. Maybe do a Joey Styles and you open the show in the ring and just chuck a streamer up for yourself. Yeah. My name is Dex Williams. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> so Funk proceeds to whip Sandman's bare back with the barbed wire and the barbed wire is sticking into his skin as he tears it out like oh, this is disgusting. You can see people wincing and even Hat Guy in the front row is like, oh, I can't look at this. We've said this um, through some of our own likes and dislikes of professional wrestling and I've never really been a, a big fan of hardcore wrestling. Yeah, me neither, really. But barbed wire is it just too much for me. I hate it. Yeah, especially when it's not a kind of rubber-tipped fake barbed wire. Yeah, they're not going to gimmick it, are they, for a match like this? And they no, I don't no. think they ever did in, in ECW. They didn't gimmick it. They didn't gimmick it for the Sandman's Halo when he was crucified. Yeah. Why would they gimmick in the main event? Absolutely, dude. So Sandman turns himself into what Joey Styles refers to as a human barbed wire battering ram by wrapping this barbed wire around himself and then kind of running into people at random. It's crazy. <laughs> 
Stevie up on the apron. Hang on, you were eliminated, dickhead. Get to the back. <laughs> Sandman runs into him with the barbed wire wrapped around him and Stevie sells it like he's been murdered. I thought this was fucking great. Literally takes both his hands and springs back to time and goes, <laughs> fucking funny. Uh, super kick by Stevie to Sandman. Oh, shit, you interfered, dude. Uh, moonsault by the Funker for the one, two, three, and Sandman is eliminated. And going on to face Raven in your actual main event of the evening is Terry Funk. Beautiful 19 minutes of action, but it didn't stop there straight away as our boy, your boy, Scotty Levy, Raven, attacks straight away. You gotta keep him separated. Bah, da, 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 da. I sorry, love your Sorry, you must be uh, watching a version of <laughs> non royalty <laughs> free music there. Let's say, come out and play by the offspring, immediately hits and Raven's out. An amazing track as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just, uh, yeah. I love Ra- Raven's up. entrance music for most of his career has been brilliant. It's never bad. Even like the, the flock with that. Yeah. It's great in WCW and stuff as yeah. well. Like, really, really cool. Uh, so Raven beats down Funk with the belt. Drop toe hold into the chair. Funk immediately blades, <laughs> like goes down, puts both his hands over his head. You know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, quite the imagery with Raven standing over a bleeding Terry Funk as he's kind of like just selling the shit out of this. Yeah. You're Funk not my is- real dad. Yeah. Lots of cool moments. Yeah. Uh, Funk's sell job. Oh my God. It's so good. He's pulling at your heartstrings, as you said earlier. And you can hear the crowd eating this up. They love every moment of it. And it's, again, it's classic, old school Memphis, like everything, you know? It's what Terry Funk does better than anyone else ever, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And again, for just, it's simple storytelling. It's the old broken down veteran yeah. trying one last glass of glory. It's perfect storytelling told brilliantly by just body movement and facial expression. Yeah. The crowd chant for Tommy Dreamer as the medics come in and check on Funk. Uh, Dreamer on commentary says the probably the most impactful line he says in the whole night, which is, I promised Terry I wouldn't do nothing. Like, yep. terrible grammar, but still really good. <laughs> That's also uh, shortly after he'd said, I'm, I'm too invested in this to do commentary, Joey. And then immediately starts doing commentary. <laughs> 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 Pretty funny stuff. Raven suplexes a table onto Funk. <laughs> What did the table do? He's not in the match. Poor table. Uh, Raven dives from the ring onto the outside, putting Funk Funk through another table. Uh, And out come some people who are not Raven's flock. They are Raven's nest. nest. Yeah, ECW style. They come out to brutalize Funk, including the worst looking powerbomb I've ever fucking seen by whoever the fuck this dickhead was. Like, how dare you pick up a dying Terry Funk and powerbomb them onto your knees, essentially? It was fucking awful. Piece of shit. It was shit. like powerbomb into a really naff code breaker. I can't ever remember seeing this person booked again. I think this is probably why. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to pay-per-view. One and done. Absolutely. Raven on the microphone, threatening Dreamer, direct, sorry, threatening Funk, but directed at Dreamer. He's going like, I'm going to kill this dude, essentially. And Dreamer is just looking more and more frustrated. As Big Dick Dudley Yay, makes, his <laughs> makes his return from, from prison. Jail. <laughs> prison, jail, whatever. And takes out Dreamer with a rubbish bin. I'm not calling it a trash can. <laughs> Threatens to chokeslam Tommy off the commentary stage. 
Juma then reverses and Big Dick Dudley takes a ginormous bump off the stage, completely missing the fucking tables that have been set up for him. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they've got this massive 20 foot in the air commentary booth. Why are there three tables on top of each other? <laughs> <laughs> Who was careless enough to leave these knocking around? This bump, mate. Oh, he fell just 20 foot and landed on the floor of, of the ECW arena. I've never cringed harder looking at a bump, seeing a man fall away from the camera with both his hands and feet in the air going, oh no, <laughs> as he hits the concrete. It was basically like watching Wildy Coyote just fall off something to go, no. And because the ECW lighting is so bad at this point as well of the, the arena, he disappears into darkness yeah. as these tables kind of like catch his feet almost, just about. Welcome back, Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> Back to the hospital. <laughs> Off you go. The EC dub. EC dub. Chance from everyone. The crowd are fucking hyped at this point. The booking of this is fucking brilliant. There's so many moving parts, but you don't... It's not a clusterfuck, is it? Yeah, this is Paul Heyman all over, mate. Absolutely. Dreamer rushes the ring, takes out the nest, and then DDTs Raven. Terry Funk eventually goes for the pinfall after crawling over to Raven for the one... Two and then Raven kicks Whoa. out. The bell rings. <laughs> the ref signals for two, being like, "You fucking prick! You ruined the fucking finish on the first pay per view. That was two. Funk rolls up Raven for the one, two, three, and it's over. And your new ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Terry Funk. This finish. Do you think they had other stuff planned, and they were like? We've got no time left. We've got no time left. Just do a roll up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think they'll say, like, we're about to be put off the air. Go home. Go home now. Go home now. Is that why Tommy Dreamer rushes the ring, do you think, to deliver yeah, this message? Yeah, I think so. Get them off the air. We're going to go off the air. Feels like it, doesn't because it? Because had they not finished here, that would have been it. ECW would have never been able to do it again. We've seen, um, like, there was a WCW pay per view that went off the air before the main event had even got on. Yeah. The amount of money they had to pay for refunds was astronomical so for a new promotion to basically run out of time on pay-per-view number one but again great awareness from everyone dreamer get in there get the message to the ref go home funk over go home funk over yeah one of these legendary moments that we'll never forget you know and uh thank god they got the finish in yeah uh, so a bloody terry funk and dreamer celebrating the crowd with the fans really cool moment Funk walks straight past Green Lantern twat and hugs that guy because he's like, <laughs> fuck you, dickhead, go away. Don't rub the Sandman's tummy ever again. <laughs> Fans are chanting, Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry boy sticks that out the curtain and goes, oh, not me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the pay-per-view. Fucking brilliant. I loved it. There was enough crap in here for me to enjoy it, to criticize it, but there was so much good out of this for a first pay-per-view. And yeah, we had a few hardcore spots, but... I think we've already touched on the storytelling start to finish, the pacing of the pay-per-view. The Shane Douglas match was the only thing that stunk yeah. on this pay-per-view. It absolutely killed momentum, but in a way, necessary. Yeah, it gave us a bit of a lull in the middle. It was way too long, but every other thing, I love everything about this. The nostalgia, the punk rock kind of mentality to it all. Like It's just, oh, I love ECW. What a show to start our little series of three pay-per-views. Yeah, very good. We'll probably talk about Paul Heyman a lot over the next three pods. Um, what is his value in today's market? And I think we'll both agree that he is very good at storytelling and creating character. Yeah. Do you think he's not utilized now because he doesn't want to be utilized? Or do you think because he's rubbed Vince and Stephanie and Paul Levesque the wrong way for so long that they wouldn't want him having his mitts on the product? Bit of both. 
I think um, coming out of ECW and his, let's face it, his betrayal to ECW right at the end, he dropped the ball and went to Vince. You know, went with his tail tucked between his legs almost. Well, the stories um, sort of slightly different. So obviously, he was still on WWE payroll for years. Well, maybe a year, year and a half prior to it closing down. Mm -hmm. Paul Heyman went to WWE and started getting paid to do commentary. The reason why apparently a lot of the wrestlers were pissed off by this is because they're like, well, you've gone and got another job and you're getting paid, yet you're still not paying us. Yeah. But because ECW is going through the bankruptcy order, had Heyman paid them checks from the company, the administrators had right to claw that money back. Okay. So there was a thought process that Heyman was waiting for the bankruptcy order to go through and he was stockpiling his salary to then make good to the boys. Oh, okay. Interesting. Not not how I've ever been told it before. No, I think that the general thing is like bounce checks. A lot of people, and still loads of people, didn't get paid at the end. Yeah, yeah. But I think those who had supported Paul throughout, I think he tried to set them up. But by not paying them at the end, because, oh, brilliant, I've just been given my $300 indie shot. Two months later, a creditor coming up going, I'm very sorry, this is part of the payment made under a bankruptcy order. You've got to give it back. Mm-hmm. So rather it's than up, spending yeah, yeah. it and then being indebted to the, the debtor, you know, I can for, see that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that's that's the nicer version of how things happened. Obviously, yeah. there seems to be a larger percentage of people going, no, 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 he had a lot of money. It was the most profitable company to go under. Where's all that money gone, Paul? I mean, that is the thing that I always come back to is that you think about the arenas they were selling out regularly. They'd just come out of a TV deal with TNN, which, yeah, was fucked up. And the promos of that, which I'd love to talk about maybe on the last episode of this series, um, which is the best. Um it's, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know is the truth of the matter. Uh, it is what it is. It's happened. And we'll just kind of have to move on and love it for what it is, you know? So, as we said, this is number one of our ECW run-through for our, our triple threat. Yeah, boy. Next podcast. Throw up the three. <laughs> <laughs> Conflict rating for this ECW show. Uh, oh, I always struggle with these. Um, probably a four. This is, I think, either my first or second four. Yeah. Uh, for since we've been running numbered shows, it's the nostalgia for me is I'm so biased. I think a lot of kids would watch this nowadays and be like, uh, "It looks like shit and it's trashy wrestling." It may look like shit, but I think every match held up in yeah. today's in in modern time, especially the couple of openers. That tag yeah. match with the Eliminators just running spots. Holy fucking shit! And the Mishinoku Pro match, twenty one years ago. <sighs> Madness. Fucking hell, I feel old. <laughs> it is, but the fact is, you said that that Eliminators tag match, one of the best tag matches you would have seen all year. And yeah. we've watched a lot of stuff. You know, I know there's going to have been better stuff in New Japan that you've seen throughout the year. But I'd say, again, for me, watching this from the pod, easily the best tag match and consistently booked card. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing for me is it's the booking, the storytelling, in-ring stuff, as well as the acting and the portrayal of people outside the ring as well. It's just fucking brilliant. It makes you wonder that if they had the budget and the arena size of WWE or WCW. Could they have been the main company now that we all know? I'm still going to say no. Yeah. I think Paul Heyman was very much at the time of the, again, as he always referred to it as like, you've got all the hair bands coming along and then along came Nirvana and ECW with the Nirvana of wrestling. Yeah. It would have still only had a very niche audience. I think the fact it wouldn't be able to tailor its products, and they always say again on the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD that Vince McMahon called Paul Heyman to congratulate him, and then said, but you've got to realise now, Paul, you've got television network, you've got 
more stakeholders involved. You can't do what you want to do all the time. You have to appease everyone. <laughs> he didn't give a shit. And that's where the problem <laughs> that where the problem lay. It was Paul Heyman's baby. It was his creative vision. But unfortunately, when you've got other stakeholders, that's the same thing again with WWE today. Yeah, they've got to answer the shareholders. Would they like to be attitude era? Probably. Would they like to be able to have people be a little bit more unscripted? Of course, they probably would. However. When people do go off book, nine times out of ten, they cock up and say something very, very stupid. <laughs> yeah, that makes maybe. Up, considering Vince McMahon just sold a small percentage of his shareholding for about two hundred million, his the remaining value of his shares is two point four billion dollars. XFL. <laughs> Cheers, Alpha Entertainment. <laughs> I can't wait for the XFL. They just started announcing teams as well. But yeah, I'm going anyway, so <laughs> right. Funny way to end, end the ECW pay per view. So um, <laughs> to finish off today, as usual, we're going to go for a game, and I have another new game, which I think is going to have a one episode shelf life. Oh, really? Like that good, eh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is called Gimme 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 a Gimmick Battle Royal. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> So, people will say that WrestleMania 17 was the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Okay, yeah. And that is by no fault of the gimmick battle royal that was hosted at WrestleMania 17, the first WrestleMania in Texas. There were 20 participants in this gimmick battle royal. Okay. I would like you to name me 12 of the 20 participants from the gimmick battle royal. Fucking hell, okay. My memory's not very good, mate. I know, that's (laughs) part of the purpose of this quiz. You have five incorrect answers you can give me. Okay, so it's all old school guys, isn't it? All people who entered the gimmick battle royal. The one that's chic one. Congratulations, there's number one. Okay, so Sheiky's in it. Yep. Sergeant Slaughter. Yes. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No. No? Oh, no. fucking hell. So okay. That's, that's error number one. You've got two. So yeah, you keep an eye on the errors. Yep. I'll keep, how many do I have to get? You've got to get 12. Well, I'm not sure I'm going to do this. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Is Greg Valentine in it? He is not. Fuck's sake. Okay, I can't do this. I'm sorry. That's right. I'm, I'm going to give you some hints okay, go to on. assist you through this. Oh, I've sung his theme song on a previous pod. Oh, it could be fucking anyone. Uh, I'm going to go Ricky Dragon Steamboat. Nope. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. <laughs> Don't go messing with the country boy, country boy, country boy. Oh, uh, Hillbilly Jim. Correct. That's who Sheik eliminated okay. to win. Nikolai Volkov. Correct. Um, I like to lick people. Oh, Bushwhackers? Yep, so that's two. I was going to say the Bushwhackers, but I couldn't remember. Okay. Yep. Uh, leave it with me. I'm just give me no, a second. No, it's fine. Okay, so old school boys. Let's go with the Tonka. No. Why aren't these people in this? They're all WWE related guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got one more error left, and then you could you've just got to get a, another run of six. I've only got six so far. <laughs> yeah, all the ones I knew were definitely in it. So, <laughs> uh, who else? What WrestleMania was this? 17. Mm, I've only watched it twice in my life. Would you like another clue? Go on. If I'm in, let's say, Korea, maybe I'm going to have this as a side dish with my dinner. Kimchi. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) In that case, Kamala? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Kind of early 90s guys, because they're the people that would have been in it. Yes. So I mean, I've got four more I need to get. You've got four more, yeah. Would you like another clue? 
Yeah, go on. Squirty flower. Oh, doink. Yep. Um, let's go with Tito Santana. No, and that oh. was your final error. So you've you've basically if you you've got three to I've get only in got a row. Three left. Yeah. Oh, I tried. Man. No, 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 no. Keep I've going. I've got one more. Yeah, you, okay. Well, no, you've so got, got three. You've three. got three left. You can't make any more mistakes. Okay. Let's go with. I'm suddenly running through a whole bunch of people that have all like left from bad circumstances that won't have come back. Um, now, uh, let's go with the Mountie. I'm afraid not. Oh, I was going with super gimmicks. <laughs> tell you what, though, that was a good run. That was a good run of people. So the ones you didn't get were Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Yeah. Tugboat. Oh, I love a good tug job. The Goon. <laughs> Earthquake, The Gobbledygooker, Brother Love, Michael P.S. Hayes, One Man Gang, Harvey Whipperman, Jim Cornette, and R -R 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 Repo Man. <laughs> oh, one of my favourite gimmicks ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. ah, I was terrible at that. I, I don't know. Nine Apps well was pretty good. Oh, with a lot of clues. <laughs> I should have probably added <laughs> clues into the game. So that's why we're probably never going to play Gimme, 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 uh, Gimmick Battle Royale ever again. The game is good, but I'm just not the person to play it because I'm shit with memory stuff. <laughs> like, I can remember stuff happening, like moments, and I'm pretty good at remembering whose gimmicks and names and stuff, like characters and things, but I'm terrible at remembering who was in matches and things like that. Like, I'm just fucking disaster. Like, ask me who the main event of this WrestleMania was, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> Austin? Hogan? <laughs> Austin versus Hogan. That's what we want at WrestleMania 35. Someone needs to book this and host it in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so we can kill Hogan. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. Okay, so uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at World of Rest Pod. Uh, check out all of our archive and links on worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TheTaxWilliams. Mine is Rich Be Thy Name on Twitter and Instagram. Just come and say hello. Send me a lot what you think to do. We should do on podcasts and stuff. That'd be really useful. Yeah. If you're going to find the next run of ECW shows quite interesting, so like three in a row or a particular promotion, again, give us a shout on Twitter. Thanks to everyone who keeps sending us messages. I'm and keen to do some storyline stuff. Yes. Yeah. Have you done the waterwrestlingpodcast.com? Yes. And the World of Rest Pod. Yep. Good. We awesome. did that. I we literally that did that first. I was thinking of uh, sign out, sign off. Um, this, evidently. So I was thinking about. Basically, you know how we joke about stealing other people's sign-offs? Yeah. I thought about stealing loads of them. Brilliant. <laughs> it's like finishing. I'm all in. So this one was going to be, smell you later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the end of the pod then, isn't it? Fuck it. Let's leave it there. Cheers. Well played. Bye.